Hey, and welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Jensen Franklin. If you open your Bibles with me for the next few moments, I'm, I'm preaching from the book of Esther, the Old Testament book of Esther. If you can find the book of Psalms, which is pretty easy, and turn left, you'll find the book of Esther. And I want to share today a message that God has laid upon my heart. This is the first Sunday of the month, and we started something at the beginning of the year. At 5 p.m., we have a Sunday afternoon worship and prayer service. It is unlike anything that we have ever experienced in the history of this church, to be quite honest. People come by the thousands. They come not to hear a preacher. They come not to be entertained, but they come to worship and pray and worship and pray. And, and it's the only thing I believe that can turn this nation and this world around. And it is so powerful what God is doing. I'll be leading that this afternoon at five and along with our team of worshipers. And if you've never experienced what happens here, I want to challenge you to step up and step in to this season of prayer. We have no intentions of ever stopping it again. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to just highlight several scriptures for the sake of time. This is the story of Esther. Chapter one starts out in a beauty contest. The king is a bachelor and he wants a wife and there's 127 provinces and they send the most beautiful girl in their area to win the bachelor. That's not a new television series. It's in the Bible. And the one that wins the beauty contest is a girl named Esther. But then trouble comes, and Haman, a killer, an evil, evil, wicked man, devises a plan to destroy all the Jews. We pick up the story in verse 4. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, went out in the midst of the city. Listen, he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went from the front of the king's gate. No one might enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was, there was fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Notice verse 4, something I'd not seen before. And Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Quickly move to verse 11. And there it says, she said, there's a law that says I can't go in and fight for our lives. I can't go in and fight for the Jewish people because I'll be put to death unless the king extends his sepulcher. And then that powerful verse, verse 13, Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than any of the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
It's amazing that this story starts out with a beauty contest. I think Esther is a type of the church. I believe she's a type of the last day church. I believe she's a type of the church and the culture of the church in the time when Christ, the King, will come again. And notice what she's consumed with. She's involved in a beauty contest. She's all dressed up. She's playing the role of queen. She's taking beauty baths, if you read it. She's relaxed. She doesn't want to get involved. She doesn't want to get in the controversy. She doesn't want to use her voice. She's silent. There's treacherous, dangerous things happening in the nation, and she is in a beauty contest. Sounds like the church, the modern-day church, has beautiful buildings and beautiful music and beautiful people. There's the steeple. There's the doors. <laughs> Open up the doors. And there's all the hot people, the good-looking people, and they leave. It's a beauty contest. Culture is unaffected. Wheat, the whole week is unaffected. There's a beauty contest. But there comes a time in a nation and there comes a time in the kingdom when God says the beauty contest is over. I believe we're living in that day when no longer can the church just be a beauty contest of beautiful buildings and beautiful music, but nothing changes. What amazed me is Mordecai gets a burden and tears his clothes and he challenges Esther to come out of the beauty contest and get in to the fight. The fight for the nation, the fight for the sons and the daughters, the children and the grandchildren, the generations to come that would perish. You cannot remain silent, he began to cry out. And I believe that there are thousands of pastors in America who need, I'm one of you, I don't put down and criticize pastors, but I'm, I'm giving a call today. I feel like I'm an old man for a reason. I feel like I'm 59 and about to turn 60 this year, and, and I have the right. I've been pastoring the same church for 34 years. I have a right to speak like a father now. And if ever pastors needed direction, it is now. If we don't get involved, we're going to lose our children and our children's children. We're going to lose freedom of speech. We're going to lose freedom of religion. We're going to lose freedom of worship. We're going to lose it. It's not something you can just go through like a beauty contest and say, that's not my problem. We don't mix our faith with nothing. It's just, we're just here. What did Mordecai say to Esther? He said, you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, not to be a beauty contestant. And do you know when she heard that he had torn his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes, the next part of the verse amazed me. 
The scripture said, and she sent to him garments. Did you read that? Throw it up. She sent to him garments, new garments. She said, just put on some glad rags. Just cover it up. Just, just let the church kind of do their thing and sing the songs and preach the little message and everybody have burn some candles and do whatever you want to do and then just go home. Just put on new garments. Put on some glad rags. Just put a smile on your face. Just get up and preach the messages of seven ways to enjoy your vacation. And uh, We need more than that. The end times are happening in our times. If you can't see it, if you can't see the threat to freedom, if you can't see what is going on in the world, and it's like the church is totally disconnected. Families falling apart. Marriages falling apart. Culture changing. Redefining of genders and all kinds of things happening. And people like Elon Musk, who's not even claims to be a Christian, he's fighting for freedom of speech while the church is quiet and doesn't want to offend and doesn't want anybody. May We might lose people. You came to the wrong church. We are not that silent church. We have come to the kingdom. God has given us this to affect this nation and this world. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's real. And I'm not, I'm not preaching today to get you whipped up. I'm preaching today to get you woke up. Real wokeness needs to hit the church. Just put on your glad rags and every Sunday come in here and play church and have a beauty contest. Don't affect anything. Don't preach anything. Don't stand for anything. Let generations perish. Let, let marriage be destroyed. Let, let culture disintegrate. Let the history of a nation that was founded has terrible things in its past, but it also has wonderful things like a civil war where men fought for the freedom against their own. They fought so that slaves could be free. That's in our history. This is so important that we not allow the culture to be redefined while our voices are silent. This week in America, a disinformation czar and board was appointed to determine what is acceptable and what is not acceptable concerning the things that you put on your post or I preach, it's a matter of time before I get banned. I've been banned before. They cut us off in the middle of services, but I guess they're going to really be watching. And it's not about me, but what they really hate is this book. What they really hate is what this book says. What they, it's really not anything but this book that they fear. 
I love it when Billy Graham used to get up when he was alive and he would say one thing over and over. If you watch any of his old clips of sermons, he would say, and the Bible says, and the it doesn't matter what my opinion is of gay marriage or transgender. I don't have an opinion. My opinion is what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Bible says, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to harass, but you have a right to live like you live, post anything you want to post, but you don't have a right to cancel me and say, I can't say the Bible says. It's called freedom of speech, and it ought to unite every American to say, we will fight for this. Live any way you want to live. Live and let live, but don't say you can't have a voice, but I can. And I won't say I can and you can't. That's called freedom. But what touched me is Esther arose and I saw something else I'd not seen because the scripture said, she said, but you don't understand Mordecai. I can't go into the king because they passed the law. <laughs> you ever read that? Throw it up, guys. She said, there's a law that says I can't go into the king. And I love Mordecai's response. He said, you need to test that law if it's out of line with what God's telling you. And it's time to test some laws. When grown men want to get in your teenager's girl's locker room and bathroom, it's time to test that law. When... <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand those. I, I, I'm not against the jab. I'm not against the, the needle. I'm not against the shot. I, I, I've had it twice. People in my family, my daughter, my, some of my people have had the, the shot. It's, it's, not a, it's not an issue for me. I don't care. What I don't understand is apparently COVID can be spread in, all over the place except at the border. If we would just go to the border... Apparently, you don't need a jab. You don't need a mask. You can come in great numbers by the millions illegally into the nation. You can bring drugs. You can bring criminals. You can bring gang members. Nobody will get COVID. Something is crazy going on. And while we sit back and in one month, an entire, I'm not against my precious Hispanic people. I love the people and some of them are precious and some of them should come legally to this nation. But what I don't understand is how is this happening? How can a whole city, the city, a size of Atlanta comes in illegally. We don't know who's coming in. They know of 50 on the terrorist list that are in this nation. And if they blow up your kids' high school, then maybe we will wake up. Then maybe we will realize, and the church is just in a beauty contest, and we're just quiet, and we don't know how to pray, and we don't need prayer meetings, and we don't need preachers to get up and we just want you to be non-controversial. I am non-controversial. There's one way. There's one truth. There's one life. His name is Jesus and all must repent. 
But even the Bible said, put watchmen on the walls and make sure you don't let just anything come into your nation. Well, I'm a watchman and you're a watchman and it's time to get on the walls and realize what's happening to our educational system. What's happening in our law system? What's happening when, when you go on mdweb.com, if there's anywhere you ought to feel safe is medicaldoctorweb.com and you see something that people with great intelligence and know the human body, one, one of the first forms, if you want information, check your gender, male, female, neutral. And I'm not against the shot, but the same voices that scream my body, my choice, when it comes to abortion, Say no, but if you don't, you don't get my body, my choice. And if you don't take the shot, if you're a nurse and a doctor, a hero who saved lives during the pandemic, you are fired. And you say, that's not happening. We had two nurses, a man and, a, and his wife, both registered nurses in our campus in our OC, both of them fired from Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles, fired because they worked all the way through the pandemic, received the highest accreditations at one of the most reputable uh, hospitals in the nation, but fired because they would not take the shot in their body. All I'm saying is this, that is a precursor of the mark of the beast. If you won't take, it was a trial run. It was just, will they go along with it? And if you don't, we don't care about your family nurse. We don't care about how, whether you put food on the table. We don't care if you get up and end up in a tent outside homeless. We want you to lose your salary. We want you to not be able to buy and eat and take Take care of your family, even though you've been a hero and you've been working on sick people while we were sitting home watching Netflix. Come on, folks. I'm preaching the truth. Something is wrong. And we're getting more and more muzzled. This is not China yet. This is not Russia yet. And we refuse to sit silent. We have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And it's time for the church to speak up. Speak up. I'm coming. Isn't it amazing? In 1941, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and America was thrust into a world war, Hitler was on the move with his Nazi armies, destroying, killing, and massacring people, much like we're seeing in Ukraine. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt called together five business titans, the most powerful men in the nation. He called them together. They were, they were Walter Chrysler, founder of American Chrysler Corporation. They were Mr. DuPont, the manager of General Motors at the time and director, the board of directors for the Empire State Building. They were J.P. Morgan Jr. over J.P. Morgan and Company, 
called them all in. We're going into war. This is serious. And he called in William Boeing, the founder of Pacific Airline Company, which would later become Boeing Airlines today, the largest aerospace manufacturers in the world. It would be the equivalent of, ca of calling in Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook and Jeff Bezo of, or I never get his name right, Bozo, whatever it is, uh, of Amazon. And it would be like calling in Elon Musk now of Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to get that man saved. That's my mission in life. I want him filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're watching me, Elon, you don't have a chance. The church is praying for you, buddy. He ain't You'd be surprised who have contacted me and said they were watching. You would, you would not believe it. I've had Kardashians call. I've had people, I, I could start naming. I'm not, I don't do that. I don't get up here. I've had them come to the, when I preach out there, I've had them come to the church. Nobody's beyond the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No amount of money can satisfy your soul. No amount of power can feel the emptiness that you have when you don't have Jesus. The Bible says, every knee shall bow. Ooh, I feel something up here today. Every tongue shall confess. So I want you to get this picture. FDR, President Roosevelt, calls these men. He had just won the election. Guess how he won the election? He won the election by slandering those five powerful business titans. He would, in his campaign speeches, call them robber barons. He said they, nothing new under the sun. He said, he said they, they were responsible for the Great Depression. He made enemies of all five of them. And now that America is going to war and Hitler is coming, he calls these business titans into the room. And his first assignment is, I've got you to somehow, I've got to get you to understand there is a clear and present danger. And you, your corporations will cease to exist. Your families will cease to exist. Your wealth will cease to exist. Your employees will cease to exist if this enemy is not stopped. I just want to say today that the censorship that is starting small, but it always takes more ground and more ground and more ground while the people just sit back and let it happen. What they really hate is not the church as a historical building in their city. They hate the preaching of the word of God. And when you understand what he said to them, this is what he said. He said, I need you now to unite. We no longer have the luxury of disunity. We no longer can be left-wing, right-wing, Democrat, Republican, black, white, Asian, Indian. We can't do that. We must come under one thing and understand our very existence is on the line. 
If we're going to preserve this nation, if we're going to preserve the Constitution, if we're going to preserve the freedom of speech, the freedom of worship, the freedom of, of, of whatever it is, the justice that we desire, even though it's not a perfect system, it is the most close thing to perfection of any government on the planet and in human history. The nation that you live in is a great nation. The nation that you live in still says you can dream and you can do. And I realize there are disadvantages. Not blind to that. Understand that. But somewhere we have allowed teachers unions and leaders of those unions to erase the good history of America. And they said, if you don't get in this fight and we don't create the war machine of freedom, we'll lose it all. And the same applies to the pastors that will not stand against the lies of censorship. I love what Mordecai told Esther. He said, there's a decree to kill all the Jews. And she said, well, uh, the law says I'll die if I go in without permission. And Mordecai just kind of looks at her and says, um, you're going to die because you're a Jew. Now, if you go in, you got a chance that he might hear you. But if you don't go in, you're going to die. I want to say it's coming to your family. It's coming to your home. It's coming to our state. We are watching things before us and we just sit quiet and nobody says anything. And we come to church and we hear another thing and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I just feel like if I've got any influence, I, I'm so old. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I don't care. And COVID so wrecked the church that I used to preach the empty seats every week for almost two years in this place. We just recorded and, and, and nobody came. You, know, you didn't need to come. And, 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 I, and I, feel, I guess I've been there and now it's full again and this is awesome, but I don't preach for crowds. I preach because I realize that I'm going to stand before the Lord one of these days and I cannot look my children and my grandchildren in the eye and say, I left you a nation without freedom of worship, freedom of speech, freedom of prayer, freedom to speak up and say the Bible says... The Bible says, turn to somebody and say, the Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not have no other gods before thee. The Bible says, thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and get your rear end back in church. Edit. Playing games. 
Jews, right? Just like Jesus said, they'll be going, giving in marriage, taking in marriage, having entertainment, going to the mountains, going to the beach, when suddenly in an hour that you think not the Son of Man cometh, he's coming just like he said. It, we're on the verge. The Russian bear is on the move, just like Ezekiel 38 and 39 said it would happen, just like China is become a prominent force. He said the kings of the east will unite with the kings of the north. If directly from Jerusalem, if you look on a map, totally north is Russia. Russia. What Iran is mentioned in Ezekiel 38. When Russia starts moving, China will come alongside them. They have not been silent since the Soviet Union has been dismantled. They've been pulling together their extreme Muslim nations like Syria. Did you know that Russia has an airport with their fighter jets in Syria? Do you understand that Syria is bordered right up to Israel? And that is the battle of Gog and Magog. And is it, is it going to happen? Is this the one? No, I don't believe this is the one, but I believe it's the spirit, the, the Antichrist spirit stirring President Putin of Russia to get the armies ready to keep moving and start the march because they're really not fighting and hating the Ukraine. They don't know it. There's a demon that hates Israel. I got to quit, y'all. But, but you got to understand, the end times are happening in our times and the church is in a beauty contest. Worried that we might be too strong well, you got a choice to make, preacher. You can either be a strong preacher of the Bible, or you can just be stupid. Because the Bible said that the person who knows the truth and sees danger coming, this is in your Bible, a verse in your Bible. It said, it's like a dumb dog that won't bark. The idea that being silent in the church won't divide your church and hurt your church. I've been doing this for 34 years and I guess I'll divide it again and hurt it again, but I'm going to preach the truth of God's word. It's right. It's right. This book, this book is right. FDR had the same argument that we must make. I don't care if you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. I don't care if you believe in water baptism, sprinkle, or spot removal. I don't care. If you are a Christian, it's time to mobilize. And here's what happened. Let me tell you what happened. They turned their factories into the war machine. Now, don't get me wrong. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. We're not to go out and fight people physically and tear up buildings and tear up streets and tear up Congress and tear up anything else. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but we are to become the spiritual war machine on our knees, praying and calling out. The fact that there's a church where there could be thousands of people tonight at five o'clock who are not coming to be entertained. They don't need another nice sermon. They're here to talk directly to God and cry out for their children and their children's children. 
It makes hell tremble. They started building and they said, what's it going to take? And this is what blessed me. What happened was they turned their factories into war machines, producing millions of grenades and millions of rifles and bullets. And guess who was making them? The biggest supplier to the forces in the field in World War II, 14 million women said, you are not going to take my Bible, Hitler. You are not going to take my nation. You are not going to have the minds of my children and put your little swastika on them and tell them who they are. I will not allow it. And women by the millions rose up and started producing. Listen to this. At Ford Motor, they were cranking out B-25 bombers one an hour. One an hour, 24 hours a day. Women were creating seven ships a day across the nation. Warships. I'm not interested in producing warships. I want worship. I want some women of God who will say, I will fight for my children. I will fight for my school board. I will fight for what you are telling my children about that book. I want that book to be honored. That's how you make America great, is you got to make God great. Fourteen million women. They created and built the machine of freedom. What a picture. Tell somebody it's not about you anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're young and I know that you all, you've been robbed already of a lot of fun and partying stuff. You know, COVID was just terrible. And I don't make light of that. I mean, the mental illness, the, the depression, the loneliness, the disappointments, the shut doors because of COVID. I, I see you, but I see tens of thousands of young people that are wrestling and it's very real, very real with depression and hopelessness and just lost because they lost those two critical years. If you were a senior or junior in high school, the scholarships went away. The ball went away. Everything went away. And I wish that I could tell you now it's going to get easier, but really what Jesus predicts is in Matthew 24. It's not that we've never had wars. It's not that we've had rumors of wars. It's not that we've never had pestilence and famines. All those things Jesus said, you'll know you're in the end time, but he says it's going to come with greater intensity and frequency. It'll be like one after another, after another, after another, and it'll happen quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. We're in it. Just And he gave the analogy in Matthew 24 of, of a woman giving birth. And just like the birth pains start, and then she can go around. And Sharice uh, was telling me uh, that there was somebody who was giving a speech, and she showed it to me on her phone. And this woman was giving a speech, and, and her water broke and everything. And, 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 she, and, she, and she was pregnant, of course. And, and she, and she uh, anyhow, 
But, but she took her time was the amazing thing because, and then every once in a while she would stop and she would, and she would, and, and, and the crowd would go crazy because they knew what was going on and the crowd would, but, but then it started getting closer and she, she said, I got to go. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, we got to go. We ain't got much time. Ooh, are you good to go? Are you ready? Are you ready? And I guess what I would want to say to you is I wish you could go on vacation now. I wish you could just kick back now that you got your degree and everything. Now that you've been through COVID and all that, you deserve a break today. But the Lord is saying to every one of you, will you be my Esther? Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends, join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the Free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.